Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Goldham Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. studio session a special one and of course beside me my sidekick because i like to kick him in the side occasionally it's mr dave ac hello dave uh, it's all right i won't feel a thing i've been to a wine festival this afternoon so you can kick away kick away <laughs> yes I, I do love him though really i do all right yes there's a special reason for us uh putting together the studio show we are joined by a very special guest um probably more special to me than a lot of you. Yes, yes, I'll claim ownership to that. Uh, joining us today is Mr. John Preddle. He's uh, been on uh, Mastermind in New Zealand. He's written books. He's got a website, which we'll be getting to in a moment. But uh, coming up in fandom in, in New Zealand, John was the closest thing, I guess, to a Doctor Who celebrity that you'd find in New Zealand. Um, he knew more than anybody else. Uh, he had a car with a TARDIS license plate, which just really kind of skyrockets you to start him in New Zealand in, <laughs> in fandom. Uh, he, a uh, regular contributor to uh, TSV, Time Space Visualizer, and friend to uh, Mr. Paul Schoons, who we've interviewed previously on the show. How was that for an introduction, John? Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> now we and 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 accurate. Yeah, see, yeah, he was a little worried that I was going to be inaccurate. Uh, yeah. Why, was... Ian? You must be off your game today. Accurate. <laughs> accurate. I know. <laughs> I know. But yes, um, John and I met quite a few years ago, and and many of you have well, heard it's me. The late eighties, early nineties. I would. Yes, I, I, I think it goes back to back to. Back to those days. Yes, it does. When we were all very, very young. Yes. I remember the, the, the biggest... <laughs> um, people have heard me talk about this before. We ran a, ran a convention in Wellington, New Zealand, and um, our our big guest was John Preddle. <laughs> and we did, <laughs> I think we did have a section called Stump the Superfan. Yes, 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 you. yes. We put um, the spot. Hey, I John, can't remember if, can if anybody did stump me, but... Uh... Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, for those of you in America who don't know what Mastermind is, because I don't think they've ever done one here, um, uh, people sign up to be basically fired questions at, uh, either on uh, general knowledge, well, 
on general knowledge and their specialist subject. And I guess the thing that really kind of set you up in, 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 uh, in fandom was the fact that you went on there for Doctor Who, which is, I, I guess even now would be kind of a nerdy thing to do, even though they've done, you know, uh, uh, quiz shows now with, with Doctor Who uh, actors mm. and actresses on it. So it's not as... <laughs> Well, I suppose that 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 that, that appearance uh, that I did was back in 1988 when I was in my early 20s. So back at back in those days, it was probably um, uh, you know, an unusual thing for for me to do, particularly um, because you know, appearing on national television um, and and answering questions about Doctor Who when um, people tended in those days to keep their fandom. Um, the, the fanishness, if there's such a word, um, kind of private. You know, you didn't really go around um, declaring that you were a card-carrying um, Doctor Who fan. And, and as you mentioned before, uh, we're having a, the TARDIS number plates, um, which, uh, ironically, I did actually pick up from the post office and place on my car the morning of the day when I actually recorded the semi-final heat of the Mastermind. Huh? So um, there's all it all came uh, all, all you know th those two events all happened all at the same time, um, but yes, even, it, it still haunts me to this day the the mastermind appearance that uh, people still remind me. Not that I uh, want to forget it, but it's, it's it's sort of one of my big claims to fame, so to speak. Well, I admire your bravery going on TV to do that because I mean it's one thing. Uh, I mean I, I, the the nearest I did to that was in my local pub quiz when they did a mastermind and I volunteered and I did uh, Dr. Who. I'm not comparing it on any level other than the fact I was just nervous as heck just doing that. So how, how it would be with all the, the screens and so on. But uh, Ian would have loved to do it because it put makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> now, does it... I was when I was searching around the internet. Does any of the footage still exist uh, online at all? Oh, not online. I do have it on videotape. Uh, if, I see. If, if, if and when and ever I get the um, um, my my equipment uh, geared up, so to speak, to um, dub video footage uh, online, um, I'll make sure that I don't put <laughs> <laughs> the mastermind footage up because it's the last thing I want to uh, um, have further embarrassment but i'm sure i'm sure it'll it'll uh, if somebody looks for it it might even already be there i don't i've, I've never actually thought to uh, I, I, had a, I had a you know cursory search around and, and didn't find anything there is a, a website for um new zealand television uh, archives uh which they have highlights of various different shows here and there uh, that's right they got that's after right. school with ollie olsen and you know some scenes from old what now and things like that uh and they did have some mastermind but not the one with you in it whenever they show those retrospective um programs particularly with new zealand having celebrated its uh, 50th anniversary of when television first went uh you know the first television broadcast back in um 2010 they trotted, screwed up badly. They, 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 they trotted out, as you would expect, these retrospectives. But TVNZ made, a, as you say, made a real hash of what they did. And Prime TV, who was their uh, arrival station, did a, uh, a six-part um, look back on the full, you know, the story of television. Brilliant. And it was brilliant. It was great. Well, I managed um, to uh, acquire um, the uh, both of them, actually. And, and 
Primes was fantastic. I mm. uh, uh, I still have it and and I've watched it like twice now because it's fantastic. It's uh, look back. But with those with those uh, retrospective things is they've obviously only got so much footage that they've got the clearance to use. So whenever they have these retrospective shows like the 40th anniversary, the 50th anniversary, you see the same clips <laughs> over and over again oh, yeah. because that's really all they have got to be able to show, which is sad in a way. They didn't, you know, think, no, no, you know, even the BBC didn't think back in the day to keep the stuff. Right. Thinking that it would be of, of any use or of, or of any historical value to anyone later on, which right. is, um, you know, I mean, miss, missing episodes of Doc Two. That's something which um, you know, everyone uh, is familiar about, and um, you know, we'll be talking about the the the, the website um, right. that also has you know quite a large um, part to play in in, in the background to uh, um, you know, the project that I've been working on. Right. Um, so briefly before we get to that, if you could explain your history with Doctor Who as far as like when your first memories of watching it and then the, the time you remember basically knowing because I've, I've talked a, a bit about this with uh with paul uh schoons about the the moment i guess i realized that i wasn't just somebody who watched doctor who that i was a yeah. fan oh i know that i can i can probably pinpoint it down to the exact date excellent um, but um, I was born in 1964, so uh, by the time Doctor Who started screening on New Zealand television, it was we, we, were, we were about two, three, or four years behind the UK screening. So by the time that I was six years old, um, the, the, the Patrick Troughton episodes were on. So uh, I have very vague, vague memories of the William Hartnell stories. I have very, very clear, very clear memory of watching the first regeneration scene. I remember that very, very vividly. But I have no recollection of the Cybermen whatsoever. But the, the scene where the Doctor falls on the ground and Hartnell changes into Trout and have very, very clear memories of that. Um, and that was in 1969, I Dave, think. Dave was about 40 then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up with uh, watching the, the Patrick Troughton stories, or you know, most, most of them are now you know, long since gone. Um, but the, what, uh, because we only rented a television, um, during the autumn and winter months, I didn't get to see all the stories that went out. Um, the ones I do remember seeing, however, were the ones that aired, um, sort of between June to September of each year. So I was lucky to see things like Evil of the Daleks and the Tomb of the Cybermen and the Web of Fear and the Wheel in Space. Um, so... I was a casual, definitely a casual viewer, although it did scare the um, the willies out of me at the time. You know, being a six-year-old, Cybermen and Yeti were, you know, true true behind the sofa stuff. Um, although in my case, it was uh, um, behind the door, you know, look, looking through the the crack in the door. Um, but then, um, you know, when by the time. It was in 1979. Now, the, um, again, uh, precise dates do actually escape me, but it was, I would say it was late March of 1979 when I picked up a book that was in my brother's bedroom, and it was a, uh, a large hardback book called Doctor Who and the Daleks Omnibus, in, uh, which contained in it two, novel, two sort of adaptation novelizations uh, written by a gentleman called Terence Dix, 
Um, and I read this book just because I had nothing better to do that weekend. And after reading this book, I thought, oh, I really enjoyed that. I've seen these books in the bookshops. I think I might start getting some more of these. Because at the time, um, I used to collect the like the Hardy Boys and the Three Investigators novels. Right. And so I was kind of looking for another series of books to start collecting. And because having, having, having read that hardback, I thought, oh, those, those novels, those paperbacks I've seen in the books, in the bookshops, I'll start getting those. So I spent that week after, uh, going around all the secondhand bookshops um, in my neighborhood uh, after school, spending, you know, and picking up the target novelizations for, you know, 30 cents here and there. So I started building up a target book um, collection. And uh, about a month or so later, the uh, Tom Baker story started screening again on Saturday afternoons. Um, this was in May of 1979. So from Brain of Morbius onwards, because that was the first story to screen it in that time slot, I managed to catch just odd episodes now and then, because unfortunately, because it was screening at like four o'clock in the afternoon, it was on opposite Sport on One, which was on the other channel. And because my younger brother was a big cricket and soccer fan, he sort of dominated the television on Saturday afternoon. So I missed <laughs> all these Tom Baker stories that were screening. But because I had the books, I kind of caught up with what was happening in the stories. But every now and then I would catch the odd episode or when Nick would go outside or go into the kitchen, I'd quickly jump and change the channel to watch you know, the odd minute here and there of what Doctor Who was on on the opposite channel. Then when he came back, quickly switch it back to the, uh, what was on uh, the Sport on One show. But then um, TVNZ... Uh, changed the time slot to Doctor Who from Saturday afternoons till six o'clock to six o'clock on Monday evenings, and by that point I could actually get to see every single story as it went out. Right. Um, and so at, I would say at that point, so we're talking you know early early to mid 1979, which is when I started becoming what you could call a Doctor Who fan. I was getting the novels, I was watching it regularly on TV. A few years later, I picked up the, a copy of The Making of Doctor Who, which had all the episode titles and stories in it. Um, I had no idea at the time when I was buying the books um, which order they went in or how many stories there were. Then I started getting Doctor Who magazine, and it just you know went, went on from there. So that's sort of the potted history of right. the, how I sort of got into Doctor Who. So I started off as a casual viewer, watching it when I could, becoming to, to becoming somebody who actually became aware of the show, its background, its history, um, and, and its lore. So. Excellent. Now, yeah. the, sorry, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say that that puts in perspective what you said about the, the time difference, because I've just been checking the, the Brain of Morbius first aired in January 76 in the UK, and mm. you were saying about it being 79. So uh, there is that three year. Uh, so you, you know. We did catch up eventually. By the time um, of season 18, which was Tom Baker's last year, we started seeing that in 1981. So by the time it just, so I think Tom Baker had just finished in Legopolis in early 81 in the UK. But by March April 81. of 81, we, we, were, we were seeing that a month, uh, about, about a month later. Although there was a big gap, but we did see the Peter Davison um, season 20 episodes in 1983. But then they stopped after Mordred Undead. Um, we didn't get any more Peter Davison for another six years. However, in that gap, TVNZ went back and started repeating 
all the John Pertwee stories from um, from from the, from the very beginning. And so we had this huge long, uh, Ian will remember it, um, a, a repeat season which played um, a couple of um, a couple of the Troutons, but then we, then went through right through from Spearhead from the Space all the way up to Mordred and Undead again, and then they started screening the new stuff. Um, and in 1988, they celebrated the Doctor Who Silver Jubilee by having a special week-long uh, broadcast where they played one full serial, um, sort of sort, sort of an omnibus uh, format, but not edited in a way. They just chopped out the credits. Um, but New Zealand was the first country to see episodes two and three of Silver Nemesis. We saw those... Um, uh, before they had even gone out in the UK. And it's interesting you should bring that up because that is the actual moment that I realized I was a Doctor Who fan. Um, and I do remember quite vividly watching on a small little black and white TV in my uh, uncle's shed. Because <laughs> he had a little shed next to the garage. Uh, and I used to sneak in there when I was supposed to be doing my homework at, when I was living with my aunt. Um and the, oh, I knew all these Doctor Who's were on, so I was, you know, trying to catch them all. And I remember seeing Colin Baker for the first time, and that's when I realised. I remember saying, I think to my mum, I said, "Have you have you ever heard of a Doctor Who fan club in in, in Lower Hutt or Wellington?" She says, "No, no, dear." And I said, "Well, if there isn't one, I'm going to start one." That one. <laughs> And that's that's what I when I got back when I finished school because um, I was at Wanganui Collegiate, which is why I was living with my aunt. Uh, that's that's what I did. I, I started looking around and uh, I found a, a secondhand bookstore in Wellington, RTBs, that uh, had a lot of Doctor Who and a Doctor Who fan behind the counter, and uh, she informed me of uh, the NZDWFC Wellington chapter. And the rest is history. Uh, and the rest I've also talked about on other podcasts. We're here to talk about John. Now, <laughs> uh, as we can tell, you're quite familiar with it when everything was on. Um, and uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion Dave did some research on a site we're about to talk about. Broadcast. Good segue. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's very good. <laughs> it's funny because... Um, the uh, knowing, um, and I've, you know, as Doctor Who fans tend to do, you know, we, we make lots of lists of things. It seems well, to be part of the gene is to make lists. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would I would I would hazard that your your knowledge of of Doctor Who is a little more encyclopedic than most of ours, but you know. I think we all know that. Um. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to put it too much to the test now. You know, as you as you get older, you kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, we can tell from your, Dave. I mean, he. he your memory he doesn't quite. The name of the show, don't you, Dave? Yeah, I, I've got two claims to fame, John. I, I've seen every Doctor Who story, not every episode, but every story, because uh, I was seventeen when Doctor Who started on the TV, uh, and I've forgotten the second claim, claim to fame. I've forgotten most of it. <laughs> so, yeah. right, uh, I mean, I've always known you as, I mean, you know, the master fan in New Zealand, you know, with this broad knowledge of, of, of all things Doctor Who. And so when I heard about broadcast, uh, mainly from Benjamin Elliott, actually, but we'll talk about him in a moment, mm -hmm. I'm sure, um, it didn't really surprise me. <laughs> it did not really <laughs> surprise me. Tell me about how the idea came about. I mean, you know, did you just like, Ooh. I know what we need? <laughs> 
Well, okay. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll run through a sort of a, a potted history of, of how it sort of the, the germ of the idea came about and how it got to where it is. So I'll, so interrupt me if you think I'm rambling, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and try and do, do this in a in a chronological order because chronological order is kind of what broadcast is all about. So uh, it's sort of the mindset that I'm in at the moment, but. Going back to my <clears throat> excuse me, going back to my comment earlier comment about uh, making lists and also um, being able to pinpoint when the uh, Doctor Who episode screened in New Zealand, it's sort of all part of the same way my brain works um, <laughs> in terms of like uh, having made lots of lists of things, um, and I, I can I can date it back to uh, around eighty three eighty four because I'd left I'd, I'd finished high school by that point. And for what, for some strange reason, I don't know what 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 uh, what uh, triggered it, but I decided to spend my evenings um, and also my lunch hour when I was working in, the, in in Auckland to go to the public library where they had a complete set of the New Zealand Listener. Uh, the New Zealand Listener is the sort of like the equivalent of the Radio Times. It was the it was a magazine, but it also had the television listings in it. And I thought I'd go through these listings and make notes of all the TV shows that I used to watch as a child. And one of the things, because I was a Doctor Who fan at that point, because you know, I'm talking 83, 84, so I've, become, I've been a Doctor Who fan for at least about four, four or five years by that point. And so going through the listeners, I started making notes of when episodes of Doctor Who screened. And one of the things that... Um, surprised me at the time was just how many episodes and stories we never got here in New Zealand um, we, we you know we, we got the majority of the Hartnells and uh, the majority of the Trowns but there was a huge chunk of Pertwees we never ever got and after making these notes I, I sort of whenever you do research of this nature you kind of think well what am I going to do with it all I've got all these all these handwritten notes yeah, you know, this is '84. This is pre-computer, pre-PC days. So even you know, you didn't you didn't have the luxury of being able to um, store it on a on a hard drive. It was all paper-based. And eventually, after accumulating all this data, and then um, the the repeats of screening, I sort of just sort of filed it away. Um, and then around 1987, um, I got together with a friend Murray Jackson and we decided that we would create our own Doctor Who fanzine so we came up with Time Warp um, and I thought one of the things I thought we would do for the very very first issue of this fanzine was to publish these listings the the, the air dates so I pulled out my my, um, my original notes and typed it all up on a manual typewriter. I passed it all on to Murray. He retyped it onto a better, using a better typewriter. <laughs> but the problem, but the, the problem with that was that in the translation from my handwritten notes to my typewriter, from my typewriter to his typewriter, a few little errors um, and transposed, you know, transposed dates and figures um, occurred. So we, when we finally published this uh, this fanzine in early '87. It wasn't 100% accurate. Um, but later on that same year, 87, that's when I first met with Paul Schoons. Uh, he, he was a friend of a mutual friend of mine, of Murray's. Um, and when 
Paul got a copy of Time Warp, he sort of thought, oh, oh, we can use this. Um, and then about a year later, um, another version of my typed um, notes appeared in issue five of TSV, which is the New Zealand Fan Club's publication, which Paul had corrected using notes that I had gone, I'd gone back to the library to do just to double check all my notes and made make some um, um, fix the errors. So that's sort of the idea of why, how, how creating a list of air dates in New Zealand came about. So the version of the New Zealand air dates from the listener first arrived, you know, it came to be in 83, 84. And then Paul did his own research and put together a series of magazines called the End Dead Listener Guide which was published through TSV, which had photocopies of all the listings and the photographs from the listener. So Paul put out um, three volumes of that, plus three further updated volumes of the original volume. So there was six or five in total, which became sort of like the, um, the, the, the Bible, the gospel, the, 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 you know, the best research that anybody could do on um, New Zealand listings. And that was pretty much it for, 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 for the 80s. But then um, uh, and w w one of the things that uh, was brought up in both my research and Paul's research was the fact that so many stories were missed out. And we always wondered why. What was the reason why so many of these stories were missed? The conclusion we drew with the Pertwees was simply because the ones that we got were the only ones that still existed in colour at that time. Because we're talking 1975 onwards. A lot of the um, John Pertwee stories have been wiped. The original colour videotapes have been wiped. So that's why we never got them. But then fortunately, in the early 1980s, a fan called Graham Howard in, uh, in Wellington had managed to get access to the uh, TVNZ's film traffic registers. Now, these are great big, huge volumes because I've, I've subsequently seen them myself. And these volumes, there's about 10 of them, huge, big things. And these recorded every single film print of, of a television program that TVNZ used. Um, and it listed the air dates, it listed the dates, uh, the sensor details, um, data. But more importantly, against the episodes, it listed what they did with them. Ah. And, and a number of occasions, uh, um, the, the, films, the film prints were destroyed. But for a large majority, they were sent on to another country. Right. And the... And that was when we suddenly thought, oh, that may explain why a lot of these stories never got to New Zealand, simply because we missed out because the films weren't available. But what uh, that made me think at the time was, well, if all these films went on to Singapore or to Nigeria, as these records in, uh, records indicated, was well, somebody should find out when these episodes actually aired in those countries. Right. But the problem, of course, is how are you going to research that? Because, yeah. again, this is the early 90s. The internet wasn't widely available at the time. And even if it was, that sort of information would not have been available anyway. Hang on, um, I think I've got an email from a prince in Nigeria. <laughs> but I'm I sorry. All the time. He keeps offering me $5 million. I know, same. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to actually um, to, 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 to go for that because it would pay for some research that I might want to do. Yeah. But... um. The thing was, of course, is that having accumulated all this data and this information, again, it was what do you do with it? So again, it sort of went to the bottom, it went into the bottom of the drawer. But um, by this point, we're talking again the early '90s, mid 1990s. Doctor Who magazine started printing, uh, publishing what they were called the Doctor Who archives, 
And these were a series of articles written by Andrew Pixley, which detailed the, you know, the, the full broadcast, uh, the, the, the production, the recording of uh, each serial, very, very intricate detail. And eventually he started including in these articles all the um, lists of the countries where this, the, this each serial had screened. And I started making lists based on the information that was in the articles. Again, accumulating these uh, lists, but then again, what do you do with it? Exactly. Um, so by the early 20, by the early 2000s, um, uh, you know, I had all this information and I think, well, it's not much use to anybody. Um, but then uh, a British uh, writer called Richard Molesworth, who's done a fair bit of um, research and writing about missing episodes, published a, uh, a guide, a worldwide guide to foreign broadcasts, which was similar to what I had done in terms of making lists based on the archives and other information that Richard had extracted, because he was he uh, he he worked for the BBC for a time, I, I believe. Um, armed with his information and with my information, there was a huge amount of information there, which gave not only the names of the countries where the episodes are screened, but also an idea of when, e.g., the dates. Um, so I thought, right. Using my information and Richard's information, there must be somewhere here in New Zealand that I can use that'll um, that I can that I could benefit. Uh, you know, that I could start some research. So I went to the Auckland Public Library. I went to the Auckland University Library, and as it turns out, they had a small collection of Singapore and Rhodesian newspapers on microfilm. So. Based on the uh, the dates that were in the archives that were in, that were recorded in Richard's um, paperwork, I managed to find the the listing the, tele the television listings in the Singapore Herald and the Rhodesian Herald for when Doc Two screened in those countries. So you're talking you know, 1965, 1966. So that started. I'm thinking, right, this is really good. It links up because the 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 film traffic records that. Uh, TVNZ still had indicated that a huge number of the William Hartnell stories were sent from New Zealand to Singapore in 1972. The Singapore newspapers from 1972 had listings for those same serials. You think, right, it's only a month apart. That sort of started me on thinking, right, where can I get more newspapers? There's got to be some more of these around. So we're talking the early, early 2000s here, the internet was a lot bigger, accessibility was a lot um, faster. I just started Googling um, foreign newspaper um, um, depositories and found um, that there were there was one in uh, Canberra in, in, in Australia, there was the British Library newspapers um, in London, and the Library of Congress in Washington DC. So obviously the information's there, but how do you get it? Because the only way to do that was to actually go there. So, right. <laughs> crazy as it seems, in 2009, uh, sorry, 2000, oh, when was it? Oh, gosh, my mind's gone. Oh, 2000, <laughs> 2009, it was 2009. Um, I saved up all my leave from my work and made a, a number of little uh, trips um, to those three locations, spending two weeks in each 
sitting in, in the uh, in the library in front of the microfilm uh, microfilm readers, squinting at really badly reproduced foreign newspapers, and making copious notes and taking photographs of all the um, the, the pages, right. and accumulated a huge amount of information about all the air dates of when the Doctor Who screened in various countries around the world. Um, so that was it, really. I was thinking, right, okay, I've got all this information. What do I do with it? Right. <laughs> it's, the old con- it's the old conundrum. You, know, you, <laughs> you, do, you do research, but what do you do with it? Right. And so I decided I would probably put it in a blog or create a website, but I wasn't really um, that technically minded to be able to do that. Um, I did start trying to do uh, put it on a blog on, um, on a site that I put together, but... Uh, I gave up because it was just too cumbersome to uh, to actually use. Right. And then, as it so happened, and this is this is this is where one of those serendipitous moments comes. I went to a convention in Los Angeles. In uh, Gallifrey. In, that's right. Yes, the Gallifrey Convention <laughs> in Los Angeles uh, in February of 2010. And um, one of the evening events was a um, um, uh, they put on a sort of a show. Right. the show in the evening and I was just sitting in line as you do waiting to get in and as you do you just start talking to the people sitting next to you so I just started chatting to the guy sitting next to me and I asked him oh, oh where are you from he goes I'm from Chicago and um, I thought oh Chicago because Chicago is where all the doc- you know it's where all the big conventions the American conventions were held right. I'd be interested to track down some of the American screenings I happened to ask the guy I said well you don't buy- you don't by any chance know you know, have, have a list or detail of when Doctor Who screened in your, on, on your local channel. And he goes, well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> we, ex- we exchanged emails, and lo and behold, um, this, uh, the gentleman I'm speaking about is John Lavalley, who lives in Chicago. He's one of the co-founders, creators of the Ep Guides uh, website, epguides.com. And he had amassed over the years all the, well, not all of them, but a lot of the American screening dates for Doctor Who. And not only that, but he was also a computer whiz in terms of website. Um, And so it was just the happy fortuitous um, uh, that we happened to be sitting next to each other in in, in the corridor. Um, And two years later, here we are, uh, I'm 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 talking to you about the the website that we've um, that we've put together, which is the the combination of all this research that I had, um, you know, uh, acquired and compiled over the over the intervening twenty or so years. Right. Now, um, I I asked this question earlier just because I was a little unsure going into this interview. The pronunciation it's actually broadcast but uh the explanation you actually provided was um, a lot more interesting than me asking the question <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, it's, it's it's pronounced broadcast or broadcast as, as they say yes. um but the way it's spelt is b-r-o-a-d-w-c-a-s-t and the reason for the d-w is when you see the site and you see the logo it'll make sense because the d-w forms the central part of the logo, which is similar to the logo that the BBC uses now for the for Doctor Who, and by having by, by leaving the W, it's a silent W, but by but by leaving it there in capitals, 
if you Google broadcast, but with a W, it means you can actually find it yes. a lot easier. Uh, great just, idea. Yeah. So if you Google broadcast as, you know, by its proper spelling, you'll get references to, you know, to everything else. But by spelling it broadcast, but with DW, you'll, um, the first hits you should get will all be, um, will all be links to the site. I think it's worth mentioning to the listeners that it's .org as well. Yes. So, Steve, yeah. yeah. It's, it is .org, but um, if you do type .net and .com, it should still flow through. There, we've, got the, um, we've got the the domain names for all the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the alternatives. So. Right. So they all redirect to .org. It'll, they'll, they all direct to .org. That's, that's the default. The reason for right. that is because the the website itself is sitting on the server that um, runs the Gallifrey Base forum. Right. So it's connected to how they um, how, how they set their uh, domain up. Third person, which is um, um, Steve Hill, he's the forum uh the forum owner and moderator and it was through him that uh, we've uh, um yeah that the site is on uh, is linked to them and so and steve is uh, helping us uh, with the research as well excellent now going to the to the main page i'll, I'll read the uh, the intro uh and then you can elaborate on um uh, how people can use the, the site. What is broadcast? Over the years, the BBC has claimed that Doctor Who has been seen in 110 million, uh, seen by 110 million viewers in 60 countries around the world. But what 60 countries are those? When did Doctor Who screen? What stories were broadcast and what stories weren't? How many stories made their foreign debut in Australia? How many debuted in the United States? And do any of those 110 million viewers have a copy? of missing story Marco Polo. Broadcast answers those questions, except for the bit about Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. Um, the, the problem with a, with a site, broad, uh, with, with a website of this nature, it can be very dry because it's basically a lot of dates. <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 there are the odd... Attempts at humour um, <laughs> scattered throughout. Uh, it's almost like Easter eggs. They are there if you if if you uh, are so inclined to go looking for them. But um, well, one of the things yeah. I found that was interesting in, in in when I first came to the site after I um, heard about it from Benjamin Elliott was that I I, I did I mentioned earlier about when I figured out that I was a Doctor Who fan. I couldn't really remember why I had seen all of those Doctor Who's at that time in that time frame. I couldn't look, you know, I, I knew I'd seen, you know, the five doctors and I'd seen, you know, some Sylvester McCoy and, and, and it didn't really make sense in my head. It's one of those things where you, you wonder whether your mind's putting together, you know, different memories into one. Um, and so for me, it was fantastic to go and look at the, the, the air dates and see actually what occurred there. And, and That's... Go, that makes sense now, you know, now I know, you know, and, well, from the, from the, from the feedback that we've had, there's there's a web uh, there's there's an email address and there's also um, there there is also a forum um, on, on Gallifrey Base for the for the site. But that a lot of the reaction we've got from people reading it are, th are people coming to us saying, "Wow, 
I can now know exactly when I first saw Doctor Who. I now have the date because I can remember seeing such and such story, but I never knew when it was. But by going onto your site, I can now pinpoint the exact date or the time when I you know, first became a Doctor Who fan, which is really great because it that's yeah uh, that that gives you a buzz. It means people are reading it. Means they're getting something out of it. Um, that, that was but, the fantastic thing for me was to to, to know and, and also to look back and and the funny thing is it's like oh, okay I know I saw this episode so how old was I then and because I can't remember the first episode I was ever saw because mm. it was always on you know Doctor Who mm. was just it was that thing that was on around tea time you know I think it was about five thirty it was normally on but you'll know that uh, <laughs> but I just remember we always sat down to dinner and watch Doctor Who you know. Um, well, one of the, um, the the hard things has been, particularly with the, uh, the, the 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 screening throughout the United States, is because because mm. because it's screened on mostly on PBS stations, all at various times, and each state and sometimes cities within the states had multiple um, television stations screening Doctor Who. Right. And so there are a lot of gaps in the research simply because we just don't have, um, we, d we don't know where to start. Uh, we've been lucky to be able to access or have access to some of the uh, BBC documentation. Um, if people have got copies of the most recent uh, few issues of Doctor Who magazine, Richard Molesworth, who, whom I mentioned earlier, uh, has written a couple of articles published uh, in the magazine which looks at some of the BBC's paperwork which details uh, the sales of the, um, the, the Hartnell, Troughton and Pertwee stories throughout the world. Right. That's some of the same documentation that we had access to in helping us compile the website. But unfortunately, we don't have that same paperwork for the Tom Baker stories. And because the Tom Baker stories are the ones that uh, from 78 onward, 1978 onwards, were the ones that were being picked up by the PBS station throughout the USA. We don't know <laughs> how many or when uh, half these screenings started. Now, um, we do know that sort of towards the mid to late 80s, around 200 PBS stations throughout the USA had at some point screened episodes of Doctor Who. The research we've done so far, we've only identified 140 or so of those stations. So there's you know, at least 60 PBS stations that we don't even know about yet. Right. Um, but, and, and without knowing where to look, it's hard to look. Right. Um, uh, so, so, so when people come to us and say, oh, I remember watching Doctor Who on such and such station in such and such a city around about such and such a date, we put that on the website in the hope that someone else reading it will go, oh, no, I can actually give you the exact date. So even if we can't fill in the gaps, somebody reading it might be able to do that simply because of their own memories. Right. Um, I, I, I've actually, of course, looked and seen seen when uh, WGCU, uh, which is my local PBS affiliate, which I guess back then was WSFP, which makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One one of the funniest things about the website, of course, is that being a New Zealander, you know, I'm familiar with TV, TV and Z and Prime, right. but with in America, you've got all your your your, your all, all your stations, um, all the ones. Now, this is something that I learned from John, was that all the stations west of the Mississippi 
start with a K, and all the ones to the east of the Mississippi River start with a W. Ah. So I was familiar with WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> so now, whenever someone mentions W whatever or K whatever, yes. I, I, I now know. It's been highly educational, uh, I must say. <laughs> Um, I can now probably quote you the capital cities of the states. I could pinpoint on a map of the USA where a particular state is. I could pinpoint on a map of Africa where certain countries are and what their capital cities were. Simply because of this research that I've done, it's now kind of ingrained in my head. So when you talk about you know, WPR, PRQ or whatever it was you said right. before, <laughs> um, I actually know what that means. Right. WGCU. I was just saying, I could see another mastermind coming up here. <laughs> yes, uh, John Prettle. <laughs> you're, you're not American, that American, American uh, television call station signs. Your time starts now. Yes. Yeah. Now, and I, I, after him is Arnold Rimmer on tele, telegraph poles. <laughs> <laughs> now, I get a question actually on the uh, WGCU, which was WSFP. It's the Fort Myers. Do we actually have a link for that, do we? Yes, you do. Which What's is the actually. W- WSFP, yeah, Fort Myers. It's now WGCU, um, but uh, yeah, Channel 30, PBS. Now, you've got information there that uh, from 1984 to 1986, they scare, they screened uh, Tom Baker stories. My question is, uh, related to the site, how would people know if they're going through, if your information from that area or that station is complete? There are... Well, each, each, each state so far has its own page on which uh, it's divided up into, again, in chronological order. So the first station to screen would be the first one listed. Um, so it's done by city. Then that city then is then split up into the stations. Some of the stations have a separate link to the air date table. In other words... Uh, there's an icon which takes them to a, a separate page which lists all the air dates with the episodes um, that are listed. Usually that will be flagged with incomplete. Okay. To say that the information we've got there is simply taken from what we've been able to get hold of. In most cases, we've had access either to the TV guides for that, like, uh, for that, for that region right. or we've looked at either the physical newspapers or there are online archived copies of the newspapers, but not all the issues. So if it says incomplete on the air dates table, that means that there's still a lot of gaps. Right. The um, bullet-pointed summary on the, the main page for each channel will generally say it started screening on this date, the last known air date was this one, there could be a gap of three or four or even more years between those two. So I don't think um, any of them are, in fact, I don't think any of the U.S. states we've got, well, possibly with the exception of WTTW in uh, Chicago, every single air date uh, accounted for. Right. Well, the reason why I ask is for, for anybody who's out there, especially in the U.S., who's looking through and going, oh, I wonder when it's you know, last screened here. Mm-hmm. Um, if they happen to know somebody at you know uh, that local PBS station, you know, at, at, whether they would know to, to say, well, I wonder if there's anything else I, they need to know. 
you know. Well, the best thing any... they can do is to get in touch with us. There's, okay. a, there's, a neat, there's an email. If, 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 somebody, if somebody says, well, I might be able to fill in these gaps or I have a question, they right. just need to send us an email and we'll, um, we'll answer accordingly. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So I'm like, hmm, you know, I don't know anybody at WS uh, SFP, uh, WGCU, but uh, but it's it's just one of those things. If if people are perusing it and go, hmm, you know, there's not and very if, much if information. People, uh, well, if people are prepared to actually do the research on our behalf, then please, <laughs> we w- we would welcome that because um, John uh, John Lavelli he works um, at a li- in the library in in Chicago. So he's got access, you know, limited access to um, to online information. Um, there are um, pub, you know, free free to use public um, archives available online, but there are also a lot of newspapers who ha- do have online archives, but they are a pay or subscription access only. So, right. you know, we we are limited to you know, how, how far our own research can go short of having someone physically going to their own library and looking at the microfiches um, that, 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 that they should be able to. So anybody who's prepared to do that, to help fill in the gaps, then um, you know, we, we, would, we would welcome them um, doing so uh, and getting in touch with us to just find out what they need to. Well, uh, before we go into a, sh- a short break, does John want to give us actual some uh, contact details uh, on audio? Well, the the email for the website um, there are links onto it directly from the um, the main page main page, um, but it's it's broadcast at hotmail dot com and that's broadcast with a W in it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow them on Twitter, and on you, Twitter, you have yeah. a Facebook page too, which I'm sure um, people can update to you through either of those as well. The Facebook page actually uh, will take you through to um, a sister project, which is called Red, White and Who, um, which is a book project that's been put together um, by another group, um, which looks at the American uh, air dates. Ah. Uh, Oh, sorry, not air dates, but the the history of Doctor Who in America. It's called Red, White and Who. Um, it's due for publication in, in the next, uh, probably next year. I don't think it's anywhere near ready for this year. Um, but that, that Facebook page is for them. But having said that, um, it's linked through to us because any information that we get that may be of interest to them and any inter- uh, and vice versa, we share, um, we share the information. So um, it's... Yeah, we're 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 benefiting. Um, it's a two-way. Okay, I notice you've got two actual uh, Twitter accounts. You've got the Broad W Cast, and you've got the Broad W Cast uh, D, uh, Doctor Who Bro- Broad W Cast. <laughs> There are two. That's probably my, um, my 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 mistake because the 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 at broadcast is me, John Preddle. Whereas the Doctor Who, whereas the at Doctor Who broadcast is the broadcast's Twitter. Um, when, when I when I created my own Twitter account, I should have just put my own name on it rather than using the broadcast uh, um, attachment. So uh, yeah, there is a bit of confusion there, but um, I don't quite know how to change it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I should change my own one so that it's 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 John Preddle rather than um, having the at the at broadcast attached to it. But um, it doesn't really matter. I don't. It's think. against you, so that's the main thing. Now I've noticed on the site that uh, of course you listed all of the uh, we got a list of all the episodes when they screened and and the thing that uh, sprang to mind when you were giving your introduction was that you mentioned seeing Tomb of the Cybermen when you were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is fascinating because A, I'm younger than you. Uh, B, you actually remember seeing it when it went out. And for a lot of us fans, especially like me and younger, uh, for such a long time, it was a, it was a, a missing story. We didn't have anything. I think there was uh, one clip, I believe, that was in existence. Uh, but yeah, we had it was this holy grail of a of, of a story that was just lingering out there. I'd like to know what your impressions are of of, of, of this this hunt to find uh, Doctor Who episodes, which I'm sure with your site is is one of the things you're endeavouring to do. If you can track down where everything's screened, this may uncover some information. And uh, oh, how does your ha- site handle the missing episodes? One of the uh, the things that struck me as being particularly exciting, I think, is probably one of the uh, the ways of <laughs> describing it. I mean, how can you get exciting? How how, do, how 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 can you get excited by looking through old newspapers? But when you find the air dates of the the episodes and then put them all into a spreadsheet and sort them into um, date order, you suddenly see patterns emerging. Um, and one of the things that um, leapt out at me at the time was particularly with the countries in Africa was that the screenings of the same stories all occurred only within a matter of weeks of each other. So it certainly raised the question or the issue of whether the film prints, because the, you know, the, the, these episodes were all on black and white, 16 millimeter black and white film. And you could actually see by looking at the, the patterns of when the episodes were screened, who got them first, who they sent them to, and who they sent them to, and who they they sent them to. Of course, there's no way of being 100% certain that the films were shared in that way, but it's it's too hard, too much of a coincidence for there not to be um, something in it particularly with um, some of the countries like Rhodesia and Zambia, the newspapers actually mentioned somewhere in, in, in an article saying, um, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Zambia, um, the, 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 the debut of Doctor Who was delayed by a couple of weeks because, and this was mentioned in the article, the film prints hadn't arrived from Rhodesia as the, when expected. So, you look at it and you think, well, there we go. That proves it. Um, and so one of the things with um, plotting the, the, the potential movements of uh, the episodes that are now missing, from the research and putting the website together, you get to see possibilities emerging as to where these missing episodes might be now. Um, the, the tomb, you, know, you mentioned Tomb of the Cybermen. Right. Um, the research, and this is supported by the BBC's documentation, Tomb of the Cybermen was only sold to four countries. The records 
um, in, uh, of what, what happened to the film prints that um, New Zealand had don't say what happened to them, but the air dates show that New Zealand was the last country to screen that serial, which means that our film prints wouldn't have been sent on anywhere. Ah. The fact that Hong Kong's kept their film prints mean that they then didn't send them on to Singapore or New Zealand. So that opens up the whole question of how many film prints were there to start with. Right. Um, there could be four, one for each country, or there could be two. That's that's your maximum and your minimum, because right. we know that New Zealand must have kept their copies. Hong Kong kept their copy. Chances are that Australia kept theirs. So therefore, did Singapore send theirs to Hong Kong? Right. So the, the idea of, and because Singapore and Hong Kong are so close to each other, and the air date support, I think there's only like like two weeks between when Singapore screened it and when Hong Kong screened it. I might be wrong there, but again, you start seeing these patterns. So when um, you know, we know that the uh, copies of the war machines and of the time meddler that were recovered in Nigeria in 1984, they originated in New Zealand. And the reason why we know that is because when those film prints were recovered and found, there were bits missing from them, uh, segments that had been cut out by the censors. Mm. I've done research into the New Zealand censorship records, and luckily a lot of those still exist, and I found the ones for Doctor Who. And the list of cuts to be made to the war machines and the time meddler match shot for shot with the cuts that were made that, 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 are, that are in the existing prints. So we know that definitely those prints came from New Zealand. So we're but responsible for missing footage. We're, we're, <laughs> so New Zealand is responsible for missing footage. But what's bizarre, what's bizarre is that New Zealand sent the war machines to Singapore first. Singapore must have then sent them on to Nigeria. Again, you've got to look for patterns. If that's uh, the movement that that particular story made, how many others would have made a similar Right. Um, journey. Pre-existing routes of, of, of passage yeah. for, for episodes. So you, you, you start looking and plotting um, possibilities of where the movements of films went. And um, so the whole missing episodes thing has got to the point where, yes, it is possible to work out where these last, you know, where, where these film prints last went simply based on it's more likely that a country would send their prints to the country next to them rather than a country in a completely different continent. Right. Although, you know, there are movements that do match, you know, from continent to continent, but that that's very much a rarity. Um, only a very few stories that we know of went that way. So, but, but one of the things that's kind of frustrating is that um, the... Um, the, the air dates for some of the countries we haven't been able to actually pinpoint precisely when these were so there is a bit of guesswork in there so on the profiles for the countries that did screen what are now missing episodes we do actually have a little section where we cover off saying the film prints may have been sent on to x country if we think that the air dates support um there being movements of the films between the uh, you know between those two areas right well um, let me come in there if yeah, i may i mean a question. this 
Yeah, this. Um, I mean, I've been looking at the www.missing-episodes.com, uh, and there's there's big things going on there. Uh, this is quite topical about uh, uh, some of the African countries, which you, you were mentioning, and and all the different searches for uh, you know, episodes that went to Ghana, Ethiopia, Sierra Leone. I, I hadn't realised the sheer extent of this. So the job that you've undertaken, and hopefully you will get some help, is absolutely mammoth. But um, it then begged the question to me is well you know if if you are this deep into it do certain things still come as a surprise to you i mean the uh, the wiped uh, missing believe wiped uh, thing that came out just recently where uh, i think it was episode three or part three sorry of galaxy four and part two of the underwater menace made a reappearance um is this something that came as a total surprise oh, to absolutely. you so far Absolute surprise to me. Absolute surprise. Um, but fantastic. Um, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see them. <laughs> but in some way, I'm kind of disappointed that the film prints that were found uh, turn, turned out to have been from Australia. Um, now, they know they're from Australia because the films still had on them uh, a leader re a film, which, if I remember correctly, had the ABC's um, logo on it. And also, the underwater menace uh, has bits missing, which are sensor clips, uh, sensor edits, which match up with the sensor clips that were found uh, about ten years ago. And the reason why I'm disappointed that they're from Australia is because it's known that Australia, the ABC on Australia, always had their own prints, and they never sent them anywhere. They always kept their prints. So all the all the all the prints that were used elsewhere around the world. These were all prints that were newly struck for the other regions. In other words, Australia didn't send their prints anywhere else. So the reason why I'm disappointed was, was that if only those two prints weren't Australian, you could actually probably um, have a better idea of where they'd come from by plotting the other countries uh -huh. that had screened those particular stories. In other words, they may have come from Barbados or from Sierra Leone, simply because they would have had the Barbados or the Sierra Leone's leader on them. But because they are the Australian ones, we know they arrived in Australia on a certain date because that information still exists. They were screened across Australia on a regional basis. Then they were, were repeated, and then they went into the Australian film's um, storage um, facility. And that was it. That's the end of it. But the question is, of course, is that when they were, were returned to the Britain, what happened to them from that point? So right, we yeah. still don't know how they got into the possession of this uh, film collector. So there's still a big mystery uh, as to um, what happened at that, that, that point. But the good, the good um, thing that has arisen from this is that we do know that those two film prints were sent in a consignment of films from Australia, there were, were about 130 or so Doctor Who films all sent from Australia to London all at the same time, including those two in the same consignment. So that opens the whole question of, are there any others from that same consignment out there somewhere? Wow. I mean, one of the things that's, that's always occurred to me, and I guess this came about when uh, with the discovery of the lion, in New Zealand, there's going to be a show on that soon. Uh, that um, 
I make make a movie. You you do kind of keep thinking whenever they find something, uh, like when they found Tomb of the Cyber and Wild, it's like, wow, we're we're never going to be that lucky again, you know. Mm. Uh, and you think the more time goes on, that you know the less likely we are to find anything, especially with you know the internet the way it is. But then we have things like that, you know, these these two um, items showing up. Um, I guess as a lead lead on from that question is that um is there anything that's when you i suppose when you've uh, got things like the line do you sit there and then track back and go okay this is how it got to where it uh you know this this all adds up or has yeah stuff been found where you go how the heck did it get there well um when, when I first heard of the recovery of, uh, of of those two episodes last year, <laughs> one of the first things I did was jump onto my uh, was open up my web uh, uh, my, my spreadsheet that I've got, and go right. Does this work? <laughs> <laughs> and I think, well, actually, it does. Yes, brilliant. But that goes back to my previous point: was it's a pity they're from Australia because it works from Australia. But if they had come from one of the other countries, it would be more interesting to see whether it worked. Right. If it had, if they had come from somewhere else. Right. Um, You've got a definite record of stuff going back, so you know. It's, okay. Well, well it's, it's, it's all guesswork. I mean, we don't know for sure. There's no paperwork. The BBC does not have, or uh, it's never been found, if it does exist, um, a, a, a register that says these film prints went from A to B to C to D to E. Right. If we had all that, it would take all the guesswork out of it. Um, but... So far, of the recoveries that have happened in the last, um, you know, I'd say the last three uh, recoveries, is there's been nothing yet that has made me go, well, that doesn't work. I'm sorry, but I can't see how that could work. Right. Which is great. I mean, that means that I'm on the right track. There'd yeah, be nothing yeah. worse. There'd yeah. be nothing worse for a, say, say them for them to discover a film print in a country that, according to BBC records, never screened Doctor Who. Right. I then go back and look at newspapers from that country and find a whole lot of air dates, or I don't find air dates. You think, well, how on earth? Right. I guess <laughs> Why are a... these film prints there? So there's still there's still you know right. things that aren't haven't been answered yet, but so far there's been no surprises. Although, having said that, one of the the, the funny things about the research I've done is that. Um, yeah, it goes back to your original um, comment when you quoted from the main page of the website about the BBC saying how Doctor Who has screened in 60 countries around the world and has been watched by 110 million viewers. That's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute pure rubbish because the way there's, there's even a, a whole page on the website dedicated to um, we, we've pulled all the various um, quotations from newspapers and from published interviews with particularly with John Nathan Turner who was the producer of Doctor Who at the time where the BBC has claimed that Doctor Who is screened in 60 countries around the world and is watched by 110 million viewers but if you actually exchange the word is with has been, you get a far more accurate <laughs> picture because when all those claims, particularly in 1983, which was Doctor Who's 20th anniversary, which was when all the newspapers started saying Doctor Who is screened in 60 countries and is watched, 
1983, the number of countries screening Doctor Who was six. <laughs> Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the U- um, uh, America, the United Arab Emirates, and the uh, third one escapes me for now. But obviously, 60 countries in overall. Yes. Because a lot of the countries um, they had screens like so, like the the, the William Hartnell episode. Um, the first five serials, which was The Unearthly Child up through it and including Keys of Marinus, 34 countries around the world aired just those five stories. Of those 34, four of them didn't buy any more after those five. So from 1965, I think it was, they started off as selling it to 34 countries, but by 66, it was down to six. Wow. So yes, Doctor <laughs> has screened in sixty countries, but not all <laughs> at, the same time. at the same time. So to use the word "is" is actually quite misleading. It should be "has been" because it's 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 an uh, an accumulative total. Right. So overall, sixty countries have screened some Doctor Who at some point <laughs> in the last twenty years, but sixty countries aren't currently watching Doctor Who. Which yeah, which is you know, a completely different thing altogether. Right. Um, so some of the some of the surprises in doing the research was not only the fact that these countries didn't all screen the show, but it's what what they didn't screen. Um, I mean, take 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 for example, the Seychelles. They screened uh, in 1987, I think it was five stories, but. Unless you had, uh, unfortunately, um, the newspapers gave the story titles, it was obviously just a random selection because they started off. They started off with a Tom Baker story, then they had a Peter Davison story, then they had another Tom Baker story, then they had um, a Tom Baker story, but from a previous season. <laughs> it jumped all over the place. So obviously, the BBC was just selling off whichever episodes um, they still had the rights to sell. Right. But with, if, if, if the newspapers didn't publish the story titles, you would never have known that. Right. So those sorts of things are quite fun to know it that, that for sure. It must be difficult to sort this out. Cause I, I mean, again, I've seen some of your posts on that forum. And like, uh, uh, do you know, in some cases, like where you mentioned that... Um, in New Zealand, because of censorship, um, the Ice Warriors were deemed too scary, uh, mm. but the Cybermen weren't. I mean, uh, so I mean, do you not feel as though some episodes were left out for for reasons of censorship, as much as? Well, in in the case of um, in in the case of the Commonwealth countries, particularly. Um, the way television was sold and bought and with movies, it was all done um, sort of uh, if one Commonwealth country did, didn't buy a particular story, the others didn't touch it because if, if Australia, uh, if, if the Australian censors um, said a story couldn't screen uh, in a particular time slot, the right. ABC decided they didn't want to buy it because if they couldn't screen it in the early afternoon, then it's no good to them um and so the other 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 commonwealth countries basically thought well if australia isn't going to uh, isn't prepared to buy it for whatever reason we're not going to buy it 
So those patterns do exist, particularly in the Commonwealth countries, but outside the Commonwealth countries, it becomes a bit more um, uh, un uncertain. But I think, too, that uh, Doctor Who was sold um, in what we have referred to as the waves. Like the first wave was 64 through to uh, 72, when all the Hartnells and the Troutons were being sold to the Commonwealth countries, Latin American countries and the Middle East. The, the, the second wave is when they started selling the Pertwees again to those countries. The third wave is when they started selling the Tom Bakers. But not all the same countries bought all the stories or all the doctors. Like some countries only ever saw William Hartnell. Some countries only ever saw Tom Baker. Some countries only ever saw... Um, uh, William Hartnell and Tom Baker. So it came, comes down to what the BBC was prepared to sell at the time and also what they could sell because the certain stories only had a use-by date, so to speak, of five years. They would buy the clearances from the actors, the, the writer, the musicians, to be able to sell the stories overseas for five or seven years. When that period came up, they, the BBC had the option of either extending that or if, if the writer or if one of the actors in that particular episode says, no, I don't want you to sell the show anymore, they couldn't. So that story would be withdrawn. So therefore, countries would miss or skip particular stories simply because at the time they were interested in buying Doctor Who, certain stories were no longer up uh, you know, were, were, were for sale. They 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 weren't they they've been withdrawn, um, so you, you do get these gaps, and and the gaps do actually follow a pattern. Like in in eighty seven, the BBC started selling a whole lot of stories to um, Caribbean countries, but when you look at the air dates for these countries, they all miss out on the same story. This is quite amazing to me, in in, in many ways, obviously being based in the UK because the 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 opposite effect of you know that's export from the bbc as you think but in terms of stuff coming into this country it's been always held a belief by myself and many other uh, watchers of uh, british tv is that um it's not true when like when bbc buys american programs usually you know there are three major films that you want so you have to buy a, a, a you know a, a lucky mm lucky box set of 200 films of which 10 may be you know tier one films so you want to show the great escape or you want to show you know schindler's list or whatever but you have to buy other ones that's uh, how it works in new zealand too when um certainly when they uh think think, think things were sold in packages yeah um, I don't know. I don't know whether how that would whether that still worked um, from the BBC selling things, but certainly from 1978 onwards, all they were selling were the Tom Baker stories. They weren't selling anything, any of the back catalogue stuff. Which does, um, which does, uh, I guess, answer the question as to why um, most of the the, the broadcasts at the end do happen in uh, the US all start with Tom Baker. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting with the see, U with see the US. what he's doing here. He's just filling us with all this information about. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing with the thing with the US was that they they, they bought all the uh, the Tom Baker stories, but because a lot of the PBS stations were screening that Monday through Friday, 
they were getting through them really quickly <laughs> and then they would recycle them again and again. Right. But they were saying, well, we want more. What else have you got? And because the Peter Davison stuff was still being made at that time, they had to wait two or three years to get the new episodes. And then they would recycle through those. They would do Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, to the point where they're saying, we want more. But the BBC was saying, well, we've only got old stuff that's black and white. We want it. We want it. So that's why in 1985, and that's why in New Zealand, we suddenly got all those repeats that we were talking about earlier. Was I, because I remember that too. The BBC had opened up their entire back catalogue of Doctor Who simply for the American market. But they thought, well, we might as well start selling these elsewhere as well. Since, since, since we're going to all this trouble to get all the clearances for all these old stories, we might as well open them up to, the, to, to other markets, which is why Australia, Canada and New Zealand suddenly started um, showing older stuff as well. But only those three countries, they, they weren't like sold to Nigeria or anywhere like that. It was simply within the Commonwealth or within the major Commonwealth countries were older um, the, 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 the rights to those stories were, were limited to New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and America, nowhere else. It, it, so again, it comes down yeah. to packages. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting thing because, uh, and, you know, we had asked this question earlier about, you know, what, yeah, okay, you've got a, you've got a website that, that, that shows when things were on, but, you, you scratch the surface of that and you get information like this. Uh, because I, re I remember when they started showing the black and white episodes again, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I actually get to go back. And because I'd never seen, I mean, aside from at the occasional uh, um, uh, fan meeting that we had uh, uh, in Wellington, you know, I nearly never got to see any because yeah, more, more often than not, you played a, a color episode, it was a Tom Baker episode or Peter Davidson episode. You, you didn't really kind of too much go back into to, you know anything older than that and and so we got all of a sudden we got this flush of reruns which did mm. occasionally get bumped by some little kid show i can't remember what that was but you'll probably know john uh, <laughs> shazam <laughs> no 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 it was I, I, it was at one point they were playing it on sunday morning i think well they replaced i remember i remember they play, replaced it with that blind date series at one point when, yeah. when it was on sort of Red, later. Rent a Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember Rent a Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, is like, uh, you know, uh, from the outside broadcast does look like just a catalogue of, yeah, oh, okay. Well, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not bit. just a list of but dates. No, we've, not, there's you know, there's a commentary, there's, you know, we've gone through and given potted history, the backgrounds where, where we can, of the background of the, of, the, of the station that screens it, where they came from, why they would have been the ones to buy the, show, the, the screen the show over any other um, national broadcasters there may be. It's fully illustrated. We've got pictures of the newspaper clippings and articles, and um, even commercials from uh, Tom Baker. We've got we've got links. Yeah, we've got links to YouTube um, segments and pledge drives from the USA. So yeah, a lot of the YouTube stuff we've got links to uh, are, are American English or Australian. And we, we've yet to find uh, links to um, somewhere in the Saudi Arabia or anything like that. Although I'd love to find things like that. So if you're looking through the, the American listings, don't be surprised if you see Louis Trapani somewhere. <clears throat> yes, Louis, you're out there. We know it. <laughs> so far, we've we've got 
detail of to some degree some some of them are fairly sketchy simply because we don't have that much information but we've got you know over 80 countries covered in some way shape or form right. and because we're doing this blind um as i say the bbc records don't give us every single country where the show is screened so we know it's screened in certain countries like uh, ecuador or guatemala but so far we've not been able to track down uh, newspapers um, for those countries to be able to give us any uh, you know, idea of the winds and the where's and the who's oh, yeah. in the house. Yeah, yeah. This is a great quote from Fraser Hines. Uh, where if you ever catch him at any thing, he came to he came to who at the Fab Cafe in Manchester, and uh, he says, "Oh yeah, they, they'll, they'll destroy all their episodes. They'll destroy all the things. The one thing they do keep is the finances. They'll be able to tell you what they paid for every you know every <laughs> person who worked on it, but but not other input. What we would consider the important details. But so what, they, what they are, throw away the episodes, but they keep the paperwork." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but the other thing is, there must be also that that period of time when there were virtually two versions. There was the the coloured version, and then being sent out to some countries that hadn't yet gone to colour. Uh, there's just the black and white version. So, uh, the, the 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 problems that you must be facing, well, to somebody like me, sound almost insurmountable. But uh, you obviously have the the drive and uh, so on. So, um, before we just move maybe a, a, away from this a little bit because I wanted to ask you when you sort of take your brainy hat off and uh, you, you know just want to relax you know which of the classic who do you actually go back to time and time again I mean um, is there any other little appeal in this second segment that you want to put out to uh, the listeners well the, the the only appeal I can think of that I would like to make would be um, we need <laughs> we need help because um, so far the research that's been done has been simply myself and John Lavelli in the US who's um, done as much as he can. But, you know, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's about 20 countries where we know the show's screened, but we don't have any details. And then there's 60 or so US stations uh, we don't have any detail at all for. Um, so we, yeah, we, we you know we would like people you know con- we'd like people to, to, to contribute to to assist to help. So um, uh, yeah, even if it's I mean it doesn't have to be. It's not like you have to spend weeks on end sitting in a library pouring through old newspapers. Even if we have, so even if we know where to start, we could pick up the right. So uh, if pick if, up the trail. So if you've got an uncle that works at a PBS station. Ask him if it's okay if, if John contacts him. <laughs> or, I mean, if, if, if you've got access to old TV guides, that's the main thing. If, you know, uh, there must be somebody out there who's got a full collection of TV guides going way back to where, to whenever. Uh, certainly, there, you know, I, I know there are regional um, uh, variances uh, in the publication. Obviously, the West Coast and the East Coast are going to have different um, listings, but... Oh, yeah, that, that that is highly likely. I mean, there was just here in the UK last week. It's a program called Get Your Housing Older. I and saw this, that. Absolutely, <laughs> this guy, and uh, yeah. he actually got uh, in your likeness. He got the sixth doctor <laughs> that came along, Colin Baker, to help him sell some. He was trying to oh, empty his house. They filled a warehouse, and he had um, uh, Radio Times. He had absolutely thousands of Radio Times, and w- uh, and one of the uh, 
issues. He bought 30 copies of one issue because he <laughs> thought it would be a collector's issue at some time. But it yeah. was unbelievable stuff. So uh, I'm, I don't know if you can find that on YouTube anybody, but it's uh, Get Your House in Order. It was one aired in April 2011 here in the UK. Uh, absolutely an eye-opener seeing that. And, and one other thing I, that might help as well, as, as we've mentioned Benjamin Elliott and his uh, This Week in uh, Doctor Who guy, um, there's um, the Yahoo groups is still there. It's tv.groups.yahoo.com forward slash group forward slash this week in Doctor Who. And for uh, John's information, there are 1,201 members of that. So there, there's a, a, you know, there must be one or two of those that are perhaps bemoaning the fact that the uh, the, the Benjamin Elliott thing has uh, sort of eased off now and maybe want to get aboard your uh, search. Hmm. Well, one of the things we've just done recently is um, added uh, profiles for some of the UK satellite stations like Super Channel, BBC Prime, UK Gold. Um, can't remember who the other one was. Or BSB. Um, so there are probably other um, listings papers out there like the satellite guides that uh, somebody might have one or two copies of still um, also from time to time particularly on the Gallifrey base forums um, somebody might say oh I'm from Finland, you know I'm, I'm from Nepal and I remember watching Doctor Who's in the early 1990s you know just a little throwaway comments like that makes you know your ears prick up here oh didn't know that that didn't know about that one. so so um and and a lot, a lot of times people particularly from the states you'll see you'll just happen to stumble upon a a mention in, a, in one of the forum postings where oh i saw doctor who on klmn in sacramento and we're oh well we didn't know that klmn in sacramento had screened it so again it's Another well, piece in the, another peg, another piece in the puzzle filled right. in. So those, I, sorry. So those little throwaway comments can can you know can, can help help us and um, uh, you know. Well, well one but, thing comes to mind, and you may already <coughs> have it on your uh, broadcast uh, with a silent W site, uh, <laughs> and that is. Um, if 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 there's a page or even a line on that front page saying uh, go to this page uh, where where you could have it in I don't know in French and German uh, and a couple of major languages just that one paragraph saying in six languages um, just in case somebody comes to the site and English isn't their first our strongest language. Mm, true, we could yeah, that's, that's a possibility. It's funny. It's funny because through. Um, just throw away li uh, references on a blog or a forum. Um, uh, I've been in touch with fans in Germany, in Denmark, in Spain, in France, and in Peru, <laughs> in Colombia, just simply because someone has mentioned something in passing. I've then contacted that person, and they've, um, you know, they've been very helpful in following it through. So. Um, uh, luckily, in those cases, they do speak English, even though they are, uh, um, you know, uh, European. So <laughs> that uh, or, or, or Spanish. So, um, um, like, so so far, we haven't hit any uh, any any, any um, language barriers. The, the language barrier point of view, which has been good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we need an interpreter. <laughs> well, Google. If, 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 if um, I mean, some some of the websites and the blogs I've um, seen are, have been in foreign languages, but the way the internet is set up now, pretty much everything can be translated at the click of a button. Um, so that's uh, true. That's true. Um, you know, using Google Translate or even just the um, you know the the, the, the translate this page option that you get on uh, uh, on those websites so yeah ian where's mike when we wanted to translate it into mandarin or something yeah exactly (laughs) yes All right, I think we've just about covered everything. Uh, well, again, if, let me ask that. Well, let me ask that question, please. Then, if I may, no. when you take your brainy hat okay. off, <laughs> which, which, which classic who do you go back to, or which doctor do you go back to? Just on a you know purely relaxation. You know, you're not doing any research. You're just putting an per- episode. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, I can't recall the last time I, I actually. Put, put on an old episode of Doctor Who just to watch it. Now, I get the DVDs as they come out, and so I watch them usually with the commentaries on. So I'm, yeah, so, so the most the recent one that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, and the input text, yeah. Um, so, so, so the most most recent one I've seen um, was The Demons, which came out in New Zealand uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um so for, 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 for to actually sit down and watch a Doc 2 just because I want to, I can't honestly say I've done that for a long time. <laughs> um, but it's the, the, more, the more recent stuff. Obviously, I've uh, uh, tended to watch simply because it's newer um, and uh, I haven't committed them to memory yet. <laughs> Whereas the older, the older stuff, um, because of my other project, my book project that I did, um, I, you know, I obviously had to uh, watch the episodes a few times through to, um, yeah, to yes, we haven't, made, we haven't mentioned time link at all, have we? No, we have. Uh, no, was actually, I was, I was working my way to that as a, as a kind of segue into the next time we'll talk with John. To the next time. Mm. Yes, uh, John has written two volumes on Doctor Who. Uh, uh, was it uh, Wibbly and Wobbly? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, like, like, like broadcast. The time link um, project had a very long gestation, um, in that it took like uh, probably just as long. Uh, I started it in the in late in the late nineteen eighties, and have worked on it and dipped into it and put it aside and uh, over the years. Um, so it's uh, I, I dread to think if I ever come up with a third project. How long that'll take me uh, from the time that I start it till the time I finish it. Um, if 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 if, if um, but the last two projects are, are anything to go by, it'll be 2040 um, or 2030 by the time uh, whatever it is uh, sees <laughs> sees it being published. So I dread I dread I dread to think. Uh, at least it'll keep you busy. Oh, it'll keep me busy. But the thing with the website um, is that it's. It's very much still a work in project, uh, a, w- a work in progress. It's although the pages are there, there's always something to be added or fixed, um, or the layout might need adjusting slightly. So I am dipping into dipping into it uh, on a regular basis, um, just to 
keep it keep it keep, to keep it fresh to keep my um, my interest in it fresh because it's one of these things where you don't want to get to the point where you've put it all together and then it, you just it's you think well it's done now I can get on with something else but because I know there's always going to be something new to be added to it um, it's, it's it's it keeps keeps my enthusiasm um, ha- having having um, put so much into it and yeah you know, time and uh, and effort uh, and, and and expense too because of you know those trips overseas weren't weren't exactly <laughs> weren't exactly cheap but right. not something I'd particularly want to repeat um, unless somebody would like to finance it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean I've, I've put a lot into it, so I need to be able to keep the enthusiasm up uh, and continuing. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, it'll be all for. Yeah, you go wonder why why I bothered ah. doing it. Well, to me, you sound like an ideal guest for them to to call at at Galley. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, well, I I have done a couple of panels uh, on the website at the last two Gallifrey conventions. In fact, we launched the site, although the site had been there for a year, where me and John had been working on it. It wasn't public; nobody right. knew about it. So we actually launched it. We had a, a panel at Gallifrey last year, 2011, where we had a little had a laptop, had a projector in the room. We said, "Right, this is broadcast," and we we we, we actually you know had a first public uh, viewing of it. And then when we went live, because we had a, a news item on the Doctor News page, overnight we had something like 7,000 hits. Wow. And that's just on that's just on the first day of it of it being um, you know being being uh, made public. So that's pretty that's pretty good. I think the last time I looked at the count register, in fact, I'll have a quick squiz now. We've had just under twenty six thousand views, but that doesn't necessarily mean unique views. That just means that that's how many times. Someone has clicked on the uh, home page, on the main page. I've been there like five times today already. <laughs> Which, yeah, so, it's, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of repeat viewings. But looking at the statistics, you can see they go to the main page. They then go from the main page to a specific other area. pages. Yeah, and so the top the top views go from 25, then they go down to 8,000. So looking at it, the most um, the most popular sites are. The main page, obviously, New York, California, Illinois, which is um, Chicago. So the so, so the top countries or, or places are all uh, states, and then Australia is the nineteenth common page visited. Germany is the twentieth page common page. Invasion of the dinosaurs. The, the page for that is the twenty third most viewed page so far. New Zealand is twenty six. Mexico is thirty. Tomb of the Cybermen is 35, so the top 50th. Um, well, I can Chile. see why you like statistics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most uh, few, fewest viewed uh, is the air dates in Houston page. Ten people have looked at it. <laughs> there you go. So anybody out there in Houston who'd like to know what's screened on KPRC, we need you to look at the page to boost it. Um, view statistics. So I'm one person I know in Texas, and that's Merlin McCarley. Merlin, now, get clicking. Now this is interesting. <laughs> out of out of all the states there are, there are five for which we don't think Doctor Who has ever screened 
And that's Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. There you go, Dar Skeptical. So if you've got any information there, Dar Skeptical yeah. is, is in Hawaii. And, no, he doesn't watch TV. But he doesn't watch, but he has access to records, and he's a man who likes to likes uh, to solve a mystery. So there you go, Darth. If you got now, bear in mind that people in those particular states, with the exception of Hawaii, for obvious reasons, they may have been able to see Doctor Who though, because they've got access to channels broadcast from a neighbouring state. So although Delaware may not have actually had a local um, television station screening Doctor Who, they would. People there may have likely have been able to see it because of its. Uh, um, I don't even know what states are next to Delaware, but Massachusetts or uh, or New York or New Jersey, I think. So chances are they'll be able to get cross-state um, broadcasts. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, John, you've been very, very. Uh, generous with your time and uh, we really have enjoyed it it looks like you might be getting another request from ian for a return visit oh, definitely. Uh, you, you know that he's uh, well Ian, why don't you tell you tell our listeners what you're also the other interview you're trying to get together yes. and um just briefly i'll mention that hopefully we're also trying to get um, an interview set up with the editors of the uh, mythological dimensions of neil gaiman that's another of the colton collective specials to look out for yep all right um yes as as dave alluded to we hope to have john back to talk about his books uh, so look out for that. Yeah, on, great. Thank on, you. On both the Colton Collective. Yeah, it's, it's news to John. I just sprung it on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, go oh, now what? Yeah, Once we get hold of you. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so keep your ears peeled for that. Um, just to, to, to let people know, if you're wondering if, if there's any more uh, to, be, to be had on uh, on broadcast, uh, check out the What's New link, uh, which will give you an idea of how much work they're actually putting into the site. There is stuff for every month of this year, uh, every month last year, constantly being updated. And uh, we don't. It, the thing is, we don't list every time we've changed right. something slightly. Only the major changes, um, or we do them in groups. Like at the moment, we're slowly working through a whole lot of pages just to tidy them up a little bit, but we're not going to announce that. Right. <laughs> so there's always something new. So even if you may have visited a page a couple of months ago, you may want to have another look at it now because it, it might be completely different. Um, so it's, it's a work in progress. We're always going to be changing something or adding something, I'm sure. Hopefully we're not going to be removing anything. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. And uh, thanks again for your time, John. And it's been good to catch up with you. And hope to do it again very, very soon. Uh, but as we stated earlier, uh, check out broadcast.org. It's B-R-O-A-D-W-C-A-S-T.org. You can also use .com and .net. They'll direct you to the same place. If you have any information that you think may be of use to the Johns, <laughs> uh, there are links on the page for their uh, for their email address. So get in contact, even if it's uh, even if it's something you'd think that they may already know. It always helps to drop them a link and say, "Just thought you'd like to know that back in 1972, I remember seeing an earthly child broadcast on my local station." When, when, 
one, one thing I should mention is the website is driven by uh, Wikimedia, so it's very similar to Wikipedia, but uh, unlike unlike Wikipedia, we don't have to, or when I say we don't have to, we haven't had to um, um, cite <laughs> citation everything. So <laughs> all, the, all the information that's on the page is true. <laughs> Um, so if you've got inf any inf any information, even if we may already have it, the fact that that gives us even double um, the support, the evidence. I mean, the, 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 we need you know sometimes sometimes we might need to cross check or cross reference something. If somebody tells us, oh, it happened on this date, but then someone else comes on and says, well, no, it happened on this date, and we've got no way of being knowing which one it is. If a third person come along and says, oh, no, it's definitely this date. That's brilliant. That's even better because it's a way of, uh, you know, we, we, we need to be able to, 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 to not verify or justify, but support to, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prove, is too, <laughs> prove is too harsh. but um, Ratify. Ratify, thank you. There yeah. you go. Uh, so, yeah, even if it's something we already knew about, we still want to hear from you because it's just a way of making sure that, A, people are reading it, B, they're getting something out of it, and C, it's feedback. And never be shy to, to leave your feedback because it always means something to uh, to the Johns that uh, you guys are there and actively using the site and getting something out of, you know. Even if it's a suggestion of something yeah. that you don't like about the site or if you think some way it could be improved, you know, we still want to hear from you. Um, we may not necessarily make those particular changes because we might not be able to, because uh, the website has certain limitations. But again, um, we're very open to listening to all suggestions uh, and all feedback. So we, 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 we welcome it and we'd like to hear from you. But particularly if you've got something which we don't already know about, that's even, even better. Excellent. Well, again, thank you, John, for joining us. And uh, we'll be catching up with you very, very soon. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you. All right. And uh, thank you at home for listening and uh, catch us next time. Until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.